So welcome everyone to this episode of Where Work Meets Life on creating the canvas of your life, a conversation with two emerging artists. I am so excited to introduce you to Erica Campitelli and Chelsea McDonald, two aspiring artists or emerging artists or actual artists. Um, both of them are on their path um, in, in the career of art, in addition to the other careers that they do. Um, we're talking about the importance of creating your own life canvas by following your passions. As we get busy in our life and our work, our passions often go by the wayside. We say, I'll do that next year, or maybe that'll be a New Year's resolution. But we have to make time for our passions in the now. Even if we're doing a little bit of our passions, it's something, whether that's art, writing, music outdoor adventures, whatever it is, we need to find a way to build it into our busy lives to bring us joy. Um, I'm excited to speak with these two emerging artists who are both on their own different journey and on different parts of their journey. I was struck by how talented each of them were when I met each of them in totally different circumstances and settings, and they live across the country from one another. Um, and you're going to hear about that as we speak with them. Um, we're going to explore how they make room for their art, the challenges in doing so, and how they get around those challenges, and the decision about do they make art a career, a full-time career in the future, or keep it as a hobby. So a really interesting journey that they're both on. I'm going to introduce Erica Campitelli. She's an emerging artist who's in Toronto, Canada. Abstract painting is her way of being present, um, and she's able to shut out all the distractions in life while she explores color and motion. Ocean. And I'm going to let her explain how painting is an escape and ultimately her own form of therapy. And I'm going to share with you in the show notes of how you can see her beautiful work. And there's a piece I have my eye on, actually, that's just gorgeous. Chelsea McDonald, um, I met in Banff. Chelsea was born in Prince Edward Island, and she moved to the Rockies for what was supposed to be a six-month temporary internship in 2011, and that has been the love of her life ever since the mountains. She stayed there since 2011. She works in the sales department at Fairmont Hotels um, and lives in beautiful Banff, Alberta. She hopes to share her pieces with those who feel moved by the same vision. So I adore uh, Chelsea's pieces as well. Um, you can see one of them in the background, the Devil's Cauldron, which is my favorite golf hole in the world at the Bounce Springs Golf Course. Um, and that's where I first met Chelsea in the last year. So welcome, both of you. Thanks Thank for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. So what I'm going to do is start off by asking each of you to introduce a little bit more about yourselves and tell us how you first were drawn to creating art. So I'm going to start with you, Erica. For sure. So art, I would say, has always been present in my life in that when I was a kid, I would sit down to color in the kitchen and my mom would either guide what I would do or try and root some type of learning, but it was our, it was art focused. <laughs> and then uh, in elementary, it went from like coloring in preschool and yeah, a little bit of painting in preschool and some arts and crafts. And then in elementary, it was focused on tracing. So it being like my art focus and my art so-called career. And then from, I'm, I know I'm talking about really early days here, but it's just like that is the foundation and laying the foundation is very important to um, any 
development and any success. So, uh, yeah, throughout elementary, it was tracing. And then high school, I met this incredible art teacher. She was phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. <laughs> There's, yeah. Uh, and then she is what, who inspired me. And then meeting my best friend, who was an abstract artist. So she kind of drew me away from perfectionism and like having perfect symmetry to being abstract in thinking in painting, in life. And it kind of um, has created the individual who I am today. And I, I always give her a shout out because uh, she's my person and I'm still friends with her today. And we still feed off ideas. And um, her name's Rebecca Bamfi, also great, talented artist, uh, also in Toronto. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's been my trajectory in that art is, yes, my therapy, as you stated, as like how I state my art bio and my artist statement. And I really do lean into that and refer to it when I need to. In that like, if I'm feeling stressed or if I need to work through a problem, it's there for me. And I will uh, seek it out if I'm feeling inspired. And if I feel I need to really get something out of me. So say we're surrounded by stimuli or if I go for a hike, I need to express that in visual ways. And my way of doing that is painting. Beautiful. Thank you so much. That is just so fantastic. Now tell us about yourself, Chelsea, how you got uh, into art and emerged as an artist. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Laura. I feel really honored to be here. Um, but my, my mother was incredibly, she is still incredibly talented and she's explored many, many different mediums in her artist expression. And she always really encouraged me and my younger brother uh, with different arts and crafts and cutting out different puzzle shapes of different animals and we would paint those. And there was always a lot of creativity in our household. And um, she has a huge influence on my love of art today. Absolutely. That's great. And Chelsea, do you think you were born an artist, born with this artistic talent? I'd like to say so, cause that would be easy, but uh, absolutely not. Um, I, could not find my reference, but I once read how learning art is kind of like a line graph and you have your skill level and time spent on creating. And um, though you, you always spend more time, of course, you're going to get better all the time, but things aren't going to be a straight trajectory of, yes, things are always going to be better. You're always going to get a little bit better and then you'll plateau and then your vision for what you see doesn't necessarily match what you're able to produce and um you'll spend on and off times in these plateaus where you it would only look better if if i could and once you have a eureka moment uh, and then you get your your vision starts to match what you're able to produce you kind of just always you're always growing but it's not, I just, it's not a matter of so many hours, you'll get better. So uh, keeping with it is really important. And I don't think anyone's born an artist. It definitely takes a lot of dedication to, to rise to new skill levels. Really well put. And I'm imagining that, that line graph having, you know, plateaus and 
bumps along the way. You've described that just beautifully, Chelsea, for us. And do you agree, Erica, with that that concept? I feel and, you. And... The amount of times I just nodded, if you didn't see that, I was <laughs> expressing it so others can hear it. So it, I definitely feel like deeply what you said. Although the plateau moments, I would say sometimes there is regression. So, or sometimes you're just having an off day when you're painting and also to just not always focus on the end result. So for me, sometimes it's just focusing on the process. So if I had a really good so-called session uh, painting and it, I take away a certain feeling as opposed to a physical, tangible piece of art, I have succeeded in that it was like using art as a therapy in that way. So it's just like I have succeeded in that I am walking away more relaxed, more rejuvenated, or more inspired. But then, because inspired in a different way. So to try and possibly return back to it and to not give up. And like it always teaches me lessons in that way. So it's because like I I honestly I'm thinking of a piece I have in my studio right now that I it's terrible, but I see it as the foundation. I have laid a foundation. I will return back to it. It was still great and made me feel so good in the moment, but the end result is like of the physical piece. It's hideous. <laughs> wow. So Erica, so you're going to be the first layer. <laughs> so many self insights. I mean, I can tell you are a thinker. I, I just can tell you're such just a like the, yeah. just like yeah. the sculpture, the thinker. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Chelsea, my next question, I'm going to start with you. And so people who are working, you know, full-time jobs and trying to balance a hobby or a passion on the side. Um, I want you to tell, me about a little bit about how how you do that so your main job and tell us just briefly about that but how you find time for your art around the sidelines of that job sure um up until very very recently i've always been working in hospitality and so a schedule like that does not really leave a specific set of parameters in which i can paint on this regular amount of time uh, it doesn't really work like that and you know we always have other things on the go i always try to be outside as much as possible and um but you always have you're always going to have your your lazy days or uh what i like to refer to as me time and in that me time is generally when i paint it's something that kind of wraps me up i spend a lot of time all at once doing it and i'll you won't be able to pull a brush out of my hand and I'll have these really long sits of painting and then, um, or sometimes, you know, shorter periods over a longer period of time. But once I start, I typically have to keep going, going, going until it's done. So it really, um, it really captures like every part of me, even when I'm trying to go to bed at night, I'll be thinking of the piece and then I can't sleep. <laughs> so it, um, it definitely is something that it's what I consider my me time for sure. And it's always really important to carve out some me time. And I think what you said really reflects a state of flow, we call it as career psychologists. Uh, it's a state of flow when time passes so quickly, you forget what time it is, you're so immersed in what you're doing. And I think that's a sign that you found the right passion when you get into that state where you lose track of, of 
time. So good for you to have found that. Um, and that in-between state that you talk about, that you've mentioned to me before, Erica, where time just passes quickly and you find yourself and lose yourself in the same moment. That in-between state reminds me of the state of career flow that we were talking about with Chelsea flow, meaning you just time is, you know, non-existent. So tell us um, maybe a little more about what that state feels like for you. Yeah. So I refer to it as flow too. And reaching that state is incredible in that you, you do get lost and you are one with the paint, one with the canvas. You literally are using your hands and paint as a tool. And it's just like, or as a vehicle and it's coming through you. And it's fantastic to have that because um feel like not everyone has found their flow yet, but it doesn't mean they can't. And it's just, or they haven't labeled it as such. So it's just, just because I label it as flow doesn't mean <laughs> the only label for yeah. it. So in anthropology, when I studied that in university, there was a term called liminality, like betwixt and between uh, Victor Turner. There was, it's like all of my anthropological lessons come out in my art sometimes. And I do feel, or I see it in my art and it's present because I'm like, oh yeah, that that's the term for it. That's, that's how we've decided to label it. Uh, and I do feel like I leave one state and transition to another. So it's like, I pass through a doorway and that passage is leading to different dimensions. And just having that is incredible. So I compare it to like getting lost in a film when you're watching it or when you're reading a book and just the ability to lose yourself, but then also find yourself is gold. Mm -hmm. That is so beautifully put. And that's exactly how I feel when I'm writing. And when I wrote my novels, I would it was like I was watching a movie as I was writing them and I didn't have a planned ending because I wanted to be entertained by being in that space. And I miss it because right now in my life, I don't have the time for it. So I'm really admiring how you're carving out time and being inspired by both of you. So thank you for that. Um, Chelsea, how does it feel when you're immersed in your art? Do you have anything else to say about that feeling of immersion? And does what Erica says resonate with you? Uh, everything you said definitely resonates with me quite a bit. Uh, I definitely go through quite a wide range of emotions when it comes to my art. And like I'll, I'll start and I'll have a particular plan and then plans change almost immediately. And um, it's, you know, it turns out completely different and that's okay. Uh, and sometimes it's a really positive and really excitable experience. And I'm just going through the motions and everything just makes sense you know exactly what needs to happen and then sometimes it's it can get frustrating I can get the frustrations in my life and maybe frustrations in the particular piece if it's not really turning out the way I want um can, everything really comes to light in those moments and my my partner and my roommates know it as my rage painting and um it whatever is going on in my life ends up coming out through my work and it's really cathartic really like it, it's almost like a big vent session and um it, it finds it really calms my mind of all the busyness that might be going on and it it ends up coming out as you know usually something pretty <laughs> that's always the goal is to have something you're happy with at the end but it really is uh, a journey and a process and it is very um, something that I find very 
soothing uh, as the end result when everything kind of comes to an end to either the end of the day or the end of a piece for sure. That is just so beautiful. And again, I, lo I love your work, Chelsea. I love how you captured the water on this golf hole. The, the water shines um, with the light of the sun just so perfectly. So I think, I hope that wasn't a rage moment. I hope that was <laughs> a flow moment. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I've then, never yeah. water like that before and I kind of yeah. just decided we're going to take a big gamble and sometimes that itself is very emotional um and it was very positive it turned out really well my vision yeah. matched what I was able to to make in that instance um but you can always paint over things so it it was I'm really glad that I decided a new technique there for sure yeah, it's just fantastic. And um, my next question is, you know, how life is full of ups and downs and curveballs. So when you get off track and life and work is getting in the way of your arts, uh, how do you get back on track? So I'll start with Erica. How do you get yourself back on track? So, yeah, just grounding myself, whether that be physically or mentally, uh, just having those reminders so it's just and checking in with myself uh because like just always feeling like oh okay is now the time <laughs> so i don't know how thorough of an answer do you want <laughs> no that's that's great and i mean feel free to add a little bit more or chelsea can jump in and give her answer to this um i think if i'm not creating something in some way it usually reflects a little negatively on what is going on in my life. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be painting. Sometimes it's sewing or cross stitch or crafting of some kind of building something. And if I'm not making time for creativity, it usually is uh, because I'm not making time for, for me personally. And, uh, you know, life does definitely get busy. But um, for me, I, it's really important to me to remember to make time for what I want to do and um, to, to let myself have that for sure, because we all deserve that for sure. Exactly. And it's so easy to get bogged down. There's just so much social media coming at us, mainstream media, a uh, troubled and difficult world, a pandemic on top of it. So, I mean, good for you to find that grounding, both of you it really feels like art is a way to get grounded in, in a space that enables you to be healthier emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, and creatively. So bravo to both of you. So what advice would you have for others who are struggling to find time for their hobbies and passions, whether it's art or something else? Like what, what advice do you have? Cause there's many people who have it in them and have not carved out time like you have. So maybe I'll start with you this time, Chelsea. Um, I would say that like what I, I keep calling it me time. Cause I, I've never had to put this in words before. So it's really interesting how I'm learning about myself in this, but um, I would say that it doesn't necessarily have to be art. There are a lot of things that give that same sense of just satisfaction and being happy with yourself and learning about yourself and really taking the time to not watch a screen and um, have some quiet, whether it's listening to music or something. And I think 
whatever that thing is it doesn't have to have like a physical output like it doesn't have to have like a tangible to that and it really doesn't matter what the project is or what the activity is going for a run or a bike i think as long as you are taking that me time um mm-hmm. that's that's the whole goal some people just have something tangible that they come out of it with wonderful really well put what about you erica what do you have to add to that advice so, for others yeah i would say to assess your priorities and see what's on your to-do list and if you are a person that needs to create a list to understand and see it all and map it out and get the timing of things, do so. But like, ask yourself, what are you doing with your time? Are you happy with what you're doing with your time? So if you're spending one to two to three hours on your phone or watching TV, are you okay with that passive engagement or are you participating in that engagement? And then if you want to incorporate art, follow artists. Like I follow thousands of artists on Instagram. I literally like that's, If I have time, I will spend it watching others. And that is like so inspiring. You are watching their techniques. You're watching how they think. And like, it's just, you're seeing them literally work and you're seeing their progress. And that might translate to your own progress. So I do usually say that I don't uh, use a reference when I paint, but the thing is life is a reference. So I may not have an idea and I may not set out intending like to have a certain goal and like a certain look for a painting, but it's not like nothing's going in. Everything is going in, whether it's whether or not I'm acknowledging or accepting or like aware it's, I still see things and it's, it's entering into my system and cause and effect. So there is an output. Uh, But yeah, so just to bring it back to, advising others, I would say, find your passion, find the art that speaks to you and then do research, get involved, look up what's happening in your community. See if there's an art show on, go to a gallery, walk around, literally take notes, mental or written, seeing, hearing, thinking, and then see where it goes from there. Well, well put. And having founded Calgary Career Counseling and Canada Career Counseling after that and helping oversee you know, hundreds and thousands of people making career transitions, it's interesting about how when people are young and they express that they want to become an artist, oftentimes we'll see the parents snuffing that out, right? Oh, there's no jobs in art. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting like to look at where you two are at now. So art is not your full-time career and that's fine, right? But art is a, a hobby that you're very passionate about and, you know, a paid endeavor, you know, especially for Erica on the, on the side right now and hopefully getting there more and more for Chelsea. But what I would say is if you had a magic wand, what amount of time would you be spending on your art? And do you envision art becoming a full-time career or staying the way it is in your lives? So maybe I'll start with you this time, Chelsea. Yeah. um, It's hard to say if like, I feel like um, being a full-time artist would definitely be a a a goal opposed to having you know your typical nine to five and um 
that question just kind of reminds me of a little game that my husband likes to play where he likes to ask, what would you do if you won a million dollars? Or what would you do if you won the lottery? And like, how much money do you think you would need to make in order to to quit your job and just change everything and do everything you wanted? Um, he's He thinks about that stuff all the time. So it's a little game we play. And um, I realized uh, through this game that if, you know, money was no object, that I would probably go to art school. Um, I've never have. And I would have no excuses to... Uh, to continue to chase after an actual art career. And um, that was a bit of a, a somber realization in the moment that, well, I didn't win the lottery. So, but um, it made me kind of learn about myself and the fact that my prioritization is actually much more higher uh, towards art than I thought. And it really motivated me to carve out extra time for art because just having that awareness of like, if there was no obstacles, I would be solely focused on this. It made me want to indulge in that even more. And um, so I do try to give myself that. <laughs> Lovely. And if I was your career coach or career counselor, what I would say is I would question the assumption on, will it really take the lottery to get you into art school? And how many people in art school right now are lottery winners? <laughs> right? So I think that there's another way to get there. I'm just leaving that point out there. And I know Erica's chomping at the bit. So I'll let you jump in, Erica. <laughs> so I would say school is not the end all and be all. I do encourage it always, but finding school sometimes in perhaps a different way. So, or finding school that works for you, whether that be part-time, but I, to speak to what Laura just said, art school is is not a lottery ticket in that like I've been and it was not for me at 18. Would it be for me now at 31? Perhaps, but it's just, there's all, there's so many di different ways of consuming yeah. art and consuming yeah. art knowledge in that mm -hmm. yeah. Google's at our fingertips. So it's just, <laughs> so um, yeah, it doesn't always need to take a, a, a lottery to get people there, but if that's what it would get you there, then Sure. It's always nice to dream, but you're incorporating art right now and you're learning from doing. So that's also education practice. And I <laughs> just, there's so many things that I wanted to just add to uh, when you spoke, because yeah. I, I do play games like that. Like what would happen if, and they are fun to engage in because it's a fantasy world and it is yeah. trying to suss out our desires and what we actually want for our life mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for the overall picture of, um, yeah, just like what we're carving out on our canvas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was the biggest takeaway I had from that. It was like, it, I hadn't really, again, found the words of how important art was to me until playing this little game. And mm -hmm. it, it was a huge motivation to make sure that I, I give myself that me time so I can focus on something I clearly love so much if i had no obstacles it would be all i would do so it um it was a big awakening moment and realization for me for sure i was just going to say this is the beginning of a conversation i see between the two of you in in terms of a, a really interesting conversation and, and network between you and and me if i can help in any way um shift mindsets and stuff that's what we do all the time as career coaches uh so yeah i have tried art full time and it was, I will say, incredible in that I got to engage 
with something I love to do, what I call playing. I got to play all day. And it's just, and I got to like have my dreams at my fingertips. Like it was just there and it was just easy to access. I literally would go down in the morning and paint for hours, get lost day to night. And it's just like, that was achieved, but that was not for me in that, like, it wasn't sustainable with monetary means (laughs) in that I was at more so the beginning of my art career. I don't even think I had an art dealer at that point. My art wasn't exhibited as frequent as it is now, but it's just like, so it's finding the right time in your life for things. So artful time for my practical brain is possibly for retirement days. <laughs> uh, but that's my that's my practical brain speaking. Uh, and I'm also having a lot of fun being an educational assistant right now. So, and an there you go. Assistant. There's no right or wrong time and no right or wrong answer. For you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One of uh, our friend's mother, she didn't start seriously painting until retirement. And she has a really incredible art career going on. And we call that the third third of your career because retirement is no longer this short period of time. Um, it can be like 20 years of a career or more and doing something totally different. So I think that's a beautiful point to end on uh, this, this segment, part one, part one of this episode. Um, and we are going to uh, close this episode and part two will explore some more uh, insights from these two emerging artists uh, and emerging, I don't know is the right word because I think you are established artists, but emerging seems like a <laughs> a word that you both like to fall on, but creating the canvas of your life is something that you have the power to do. And that I hope this conversation brought some insights to both of you around that. And just putting it into words is not an opportunity we often get. So thank you, Erica. Thank you, Chelsea. And join us in two weeks for part two of creating the canvas of your life, a conversation with two emerging artists. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us today on Where Work Meets Life. I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded, Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.